0: If you remain standing for the reading of God's word from Psalm forty two this morning, I'm going to read the whole chapter. That's what we're going to be the basis of our teaching this morning. And so Psalm forty two, starting in verse one, says this As a deer pants for the flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, and while they say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How would I go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and song of praise, a multitude-keeping festival? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizah. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and all your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you begotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they continue, as they say to me continually, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I read several uh, articles I think I often do. Uh, I read different headlines and different things that pop up, and sometimes it, it chases. I end up chasing around different articles. I read one, and then I read the next, and then I start reading different things. And I did that this week. There was one in particular that came up, and it was talking about Uh, six signs that your marriage is in trouble or something like that. And so I started reading these different things. I'm always interested to see. This wasn't a Christian website. It was just kind of the headline. And so I'm always interested to see what they say. And so I started reading that. And then that took me to another one and another one. And I read several different articles kind of on the related topic of that, just talking about your marriages and and warning signs and maybe things aren't that great and that sort of thing. And and what kept uh, coming up always right there at the top of the list and most every one of those was this idea of bad communication and it started talking about when you you quit talking about things or when you begin to, uh, I kept using the word over and over, stonewalling instead of talking through something you disagree with, you just kind of go, oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going there, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. And so you start to talk less and less. And so as you maybe have disagreements or you fight over things, instead of sitting down together and working those out, you just go, oh, it's not worth it, I'm not going to do that. And so it's talking about the frustration that comes from that and all those things. And so as I read that, I thought, yes, yeah, that, that makes sense. I don't think that uh, uh, would be a shock to anybody that you'd say a good relationship has uh, part of that is good communication uh, it, within your relationship. I think we could say that that's true. And actually, one of the articles I read was just talking about relationships in general, the same thing. doesn't have to be a marriage relationship. It can be friendships in your life. Those that are closest to you, oftentimes we communicate to those closest to us. We talk to them regularly. We talk about what's going on, maybe good or bad. When we're struggling with things, we go to our closest friends and share with them what's going on. Uh, They sympathize with us, they encourage us, they they walk with us in those things. And so I don't think that would come to any shock to anybody. Uh, I think most of you would agree with me, this idea that good communication goes hand in hand with a good relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or whatever it may be. And so as I thought about that and just thinking through that, reading those articles, and then thinking about this week as we're ending up our series, we've been walking through a series. This is the eighth and final week where we've been talking about trusting God in the midst of trials or suffering in our life. And we've talked about a bunch of different things. And what I kept coming back to this week, though, as we're ending this series, is this idea of this importance of communication in a close relationship, and especially in difficult times. And, and we know that in our relationships, and I think everybody would agree with that, that it's absolutely vital in our relationship with God as we seek to trust Him in difficult times that we continue to communicate and so this morning what we're going to talk about as we end up this series and we're going to end on this and finish with this is this idea of the vital importance of prayer in our life especially when we're going through difficult times and that would be true no matter what the time is and you'll see that as we talk about it this morning but especially true in these difficult times that we continue to pray our prayer life is vitally important in walking with god in our day-to-day life whether it's good times or bad times or whatever it may be. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at just a couple of verses in First Thessalonians chapter 5. If you want to follow along in the Pew Bible, that's on page 641. And I say this every week if you're visiting with us today. If you need a Bible or you know someone needs a Bible, that's what those are there for. And so please take one with you if you need it or you know someone that could use one. They're there for you to take a gift, our gift to you. And so we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, just a couple verses, and then really we're going to spend most of our time in Psalm 42 that I just read to you just a moment ago. But before we do either one of those, before we talk about prayer, let's pray and ask God to lead and guide our time as we do, and then we'll look at those verses together. Lord, we do thank you for the great privilege of prayer. We thank you that we can come directly to you with everything that's going on in our lives and that you want us to do that. And for that great privilege, we thank you. We just ask this morning that as we open your word, that your spirit would lead and guide us, that you would apply the truth of your word to our hearts, that you would show us exactly uh, where we're not trusting in you. and You would point us to a fuller relationship with you and that you would just uh, be glorified in our time as we open your word together this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So when we think about this, this is very straightforward outline this morning, not real uh, tricky at all, hopefully it's really, really clear, but two things we're going to talk about, and first, simply, as we look at 1 Thessalonians, it is, it is God's will for your life that you pray. can't say it any more clearly than that. God's will for your life is that you are praying and you are talking to God regularly. And then the second thing we're going to talk about as we look at Psalm 42 is how do we pray, particularly when things are difficult particularly in hard times, because that's been our subject that we've been talking about for eight weeks. Trusting God in the midst of suffering, trusting God in difficult times. And so simply put, uh, it is God's will that you pray, and then how do we do that particularly in hard times? And so look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'm going to read verses 14 to 18 there. But just a little background before we jump in. Uh, we've done this a little bit in this series. It's kind of jumping from verse to verse. I don't normally like to do that, but I want to give you just at least a little background here as we step into Thessalonians. This is a letter that Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and they're struggling with some different issues. Some of the the issues on the forefront of their mind is as Paul has planted this church. Things are going okay. Then some persecution comes. Some people begin to pass away. And they're expecting an imminent return of Jesus Christ. And as he comes, as uh, we're told that he is going to return, we're still waiting uh, expectantly, uh, hopefully, for his return. And so they were doing the same thing, thinking it could be any day. And then all of a sudden some people started to pass away and some struggles came. And they go, well, what's going on? Have we missed it? Did he come back and we didn't see it? Did this happen without us? And so Paul talks a lot about that in First Thessalonians. But what I want you to get of just their mindset, is there's some real struggles that they're dealing with. There's some real despondency. There's some despair and lost members of their body. And what do we do with this? And how should we respond to this? And so Paul writes into that context. And so starting in verse 14, listen to what he says. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but also seeks to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so I'm going to stop right there. And there's a real clear direct. You're going to see, hopefully, very clearly where I get the uh, first point here. That it is God's will for you that you pray. Because that's exactly what Paul says. He says, you rejoice always, you pray without ceasing, and you give thanks in all circumstances. And then the next thing he says, and that is God's will for you in your life in Christ Jesus. And so oftentimes, I think especially when we go through difficult times in our life or things that we're wrestling with or we're struggling with, we'll start to ask the question uh, of what's God's will, what's God doing in this. We begin to seek God and ask these questions. So often we'll say, and maybe you've said this before, I'm really seeking God's will in my life right now. I'm trying to discern where he would have me or what he would have me do or whatever that may be. And that's a good thing and we should be seeking God's will. But I I often want to ask when we say that, are we really seeking God's will? Because there are certain things that scripture tells us unequivocally that we should be doing if we're in God's will. And right here he tells us that we should be praying without ceasing. We should be praying continually in our lives. And that's the will of God for us. It tells us very clearly that is God's will for your life, that you would continue to pray, that you continue to talk with Him, that you continue to seek Him. And so I want us to just think about that for just a second, this picture of what does it mean when Paul says that we are to pray without ceasing. He said, well, does that mean we pray... Every moment of every day, non-stop, and that's all we think about we just constantly pray. I think it's good to be praying throughout the day and in all things, but I don't think that's exactly what he means, that it's just every moment of every second of every day that you're in prayer. But it's this idea of, of in all circumstances, in all things, whatever's going on, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's happening in your life, you're continually going back to God and you're talking to Him over and over and over and over again. And you're continually talking to Him in all things. Whether good things or bad things or whatever that looks like. And it makes perfect sense when you really stop and think about it. As we all, I think I would say, uh, I'm speaking for you here, but that we all would agree that good relationships have open communication. And so when we seek to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father, which we say all the time is what we were made for. That is the relationship we were made for, that we were made to center around in our lives. It would make sense that we're continually talking to Him that we have open communication with our Father. And so we continue to talk to Him. It's what a healthy relationship looks like, that we continue to do that. But as we think about this idea of praying without ceasing, I want us to think about that, and especially as we think about in difficult times in trusting God and suffering when things aren't going quite the way we would like them to be. If you were here with us eight weeks ago when we started this series, the very first week of this series, we started it in the book of Job. And we talked about Job's life and what Job goes through and all these things that he deals with in the up and down. And in the, in the context, the background of Job as we looked at it is that Job was a faithful man who loved the Lord. And yet all these things befall him in his life. All these difficult circumstances come into his life that he then struggles with and he walks through. It. And what you see is Job in his life is there's a lot of up and down. There's a lot of emotions that come and for good reason. When you read the book of Job and you hear that he loses his children and he loses a lot of the people that work for him and his wealth and all these things that befall him all at one time, it makes perfect sense that we look at it and we see the way Job is wrestling and struggling with these different things. And so we looked at that and we talked about that and we saw that picture. And what we saw in that were these huge swings of Job. You get early in the book where Job says things like, it would be better if I was never born. And he cries out and just basically says, God, kill me now. It would be better if I was never born. It's pretty extreme. Right? That's one extreme that he has. And then later he has these discussions with his friends and he calls them out. And then finally he cries out to God and he's asking God what's going on. And all these things that you see with Job, and you kind of see these up and downs. You see him say things like uh, his wife says, curse God and die. Just go ahead and curse him and die. And he says, No. God gives and he takes away and I'm going to praise God. And so you see these high points, you see all these things in Job's life. And then you get to the very end and God speaks to Job and he comes and he begins to talk to him. He calls Job his servant. And then he begins to tell Job, that after he goes through all the uh, things that he's done in creation and who God is, he gets to the end and he tells Job that he should be praying for his friends be interceding on behalf of his friends who are missing kind of what's going on. And there's this relationship there with God and Job that you see that God kind of commends Job as his servant, as being faithful. But yet you see this all up and down with Job throughout the book and the way he responds to God. And so you kind of go, what's going on there? What's going on in Job's relationship with God and how that works and how that looks? Well, the first thing we'd say, first and foremost, is that God is gracious. And he's long-suffering and that he walks with Job and those things. And he even comes down and answers Job. And you see that at the end of the book. But I see the other part of that that I want us to at least think about in Job's life as we consider what Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 is that all throughout uh, Job's life you see a man who prays without ceasing. In all things. And so sometimes it looks like crying out to God, I don't know what's going on here. Or God, why don't you just take me now? Right, that's what he's saying. But realize that in the book of Job, Job's continually saying these things to God. He's continually talking with God in this. He's airing. These, he's, he's continuing to come back to God, even when his wife says, "Just curse God and be done with him and die." He says, "No, I'm not going to do that." And he keeps talking to God always through. And so when you see this picture of Job of this praying without ceasing. He's talking to God about everything. He's telling God where he's struggling. He's taking these things to God in all these different ways, and he continues to go back, and he continues to do that. And so you see him all the way through, that he's praying without ceasing. And so I just want to ask the question, as we think about difficult times in our life, and maybe you're in the midst of one right now, do you do that? Are you continually talking to God about everything that's going on in your life? Ups and downs, good and bad, everything that's happening in your life. Are you going to Him over and over and continuing to talk to Him? The scary part for a lot of us is when things are going good, it's easier to forget about it. It's easy to go, well, things are pretty good, and so I don't really have much to ask Him for right now. And so we can let it slide. Or depending on your personality and where you are, maybe when things get difficult, you get real frustrated with God and then you quit talking to him then. Or maybe the truth is you just don't talk to him very much at all. I don't know where you fall in that thing, but God clearly tells us that his will for us in our lives in Christ Jesus is to be continually in prayer, to continually be talking to God. So oftentimes people will say, well, yes. I know I'm supposed to pray, but I don't know what to pray. I have people say that a lot, and I just don't know where to begin. And I say this all the time, and I don't mean this flippantly at all when I say that. I don't know where to begin. I say, well, tell God that. Start with God. I don't know where to say right now. Right? Begin to talk to Him right where you are. Begin to just talk to Him. Begin to pray, to begin to have that relationship. And so spend time talking to Him and beginning to say Right? Your prayer life a lot of times just begins with coming real messy. This is what I've got and this is what I'm dealing with until so you just begin to tell them. And so you begin to talk. And so the first thing I want us to say here, just real clearly in First Thessalonians 5, is that God's will for your life is that you are praying without ceasing. That you're praying in all things. And so when we think about this idea of how do we walk with God in suffering and hard times, you can't say it any more clearly than that, you need to be talking to Him. Right? That is God's will for your life. Now, the second thing I want us to think about is Psalms 42. And if you want to turn there with me, it's page 300 in the hymn Bible if you're following along there. But I want us to ask how do we begin to pray, uh, especially in difficult times? It can be very hard in difficult times. What do we talk to God about? How does that work? What does that look like? And so I think Psalm 42 gives us a pretty good picture of what that looks like. The context here, we don't know a lot about the author. We don't know exactly what's going on other than he seems to be a far distance from his home and he's remembering things that were going on there. But he's definitely struggling and there's definitely difficulties in his life and yet he's praying all the way through that. And so it shows us a lot of what that looks like. And so look at Psalm 42 and just begin with the first four verses there. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise in a multitude-keeping festival. And so you look at this picture, and I want us just to begin with this very... Really basic, really obvious, but it's very important, especially when we walk through difficult times for us to think about. And it's just this, the posture that we should have when we consider prayer. And it's what the psalmist says right there in verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul for you, O God. It goes right with what Paul says in First Thessalonians 5. You are made with a relationship with God. It is God's will for your life that you are talking to him. And so when we have difficult times and when things are going on and we don't feel like praying, we need to have this remembrance, we need to have this posture that I need him in my life. Like a deer that's panning for the water, the way he says it. Right? And it's a very vivid image that he gives. We don't know it quite as well as they would have in his day, but an animal that doesn't have water will very literally shrivel up and die. They will wilt and die if they don't get water. That's what will happen. And so the image there is like a deer that's panning, that's already in the throes of, of needing water. That's the way we are when we are not talking to God. And he says, so you need to be talking to God. And he gives us that picture there. It's a very clear picture of what that looks like. That we need to be in relationship. We need to be talking with him. And without that, we're in trouble. So I know that's really, really basic and really, really simple just to think of. But the truth is, in difficult times, or maybe in good times, depending on where you are, it's easy to not do that. And we need to be reminded, even when we don't feel like doing it, we need to be talking to God. We need it. Our soul needs to have that relationship with God and be talking to Him. And so we need that. And that's very basic, but that's the first point. But then look at what he says in verses 3 and 4, as we begin to talk about how do we come to God when things are difficult. And so verse 3 says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me continually, Where is your God? So you see the difficult time that this guy is in. My tears have been my food day and night. That's a pretty vivid picture. right? He is in the throes of of difficult circumstances, much weeping and much struggling. But then look at what verse 4 says. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. I want you to think about that picture of what he's talking about. I, I pour out my soul as I begin to get kind of in touch with what's going on. I begin to struggle through what uh, is, is giving me such fits. I begin to think on the things that are really, truly bothering me and I'm struggling with right now. I pour out my soul. Kind of the way we would say it today maybe is a, get in touch with your feelings. Right? What am I really upset about What am I really wrestling with? What am I really struggling with? Maybe you begin to ask questions like, why am I so angry? Or why am I so frustrated right now? And so you begin to pour out your soul. You begin to examine. But I want you to see what he's doing here. Much like Job is, he's doing that and he's asking those questions and he's pouring out his soul. But he's doing it before God. He's talking to God about what's going on in his life that's so bothering him and what's happening. Look at what he says in verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? And so he's asking these questions. And so what we talked about last week, and there's a clear tie in this, and they all go together. And I'll just say that it's everything we've talked about these eight weeks that we would be praying as we walk through every single one of them. It's going to be part of doing this. Everything we've talked about, how God's going to teach us, how he's going to walk with us. What we talked about last week is when we're struggling and things get removed in our life or things fall apart or things happen, it reveals idols of our heart. It reveals the things that we're putting in too great of a place in our life. And those things become Uh, start to come to mind and so as that's happening as you're completely let's say uh, what we talked about last week you lose a job and you're just despondent that you've lost your job and so you begin to go to God and you begin to pour out your soul and you begin to ask these questions of why are you cast down on my soul why are you so struggling with this losing of a job what about that that is just weighing on me now there could be a whole lot of answers provision Uh, It could be your ego has taken a hit. It could be a whole lot of things in your life until you begin to ask God to show you those things. You begin to pour out your soul and talk to him about what's going on in your heart and in your life. And as you begin to ask him, why am I so cast down? What is going on in my life? If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been restored to relationship with God by what Jesus has done for you. He came and lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you should have died. And he gives that to you as a free gift by grace through faith. That's what we believe. That's what we confess to say as Christians. That we believe Jesus did what we could never do for us. And then he gives us this promise. As you put your faith in me, my spirit will come and reside in you. The Holy Spirit will come and take up residence in you. And I will guide and I will teach and I will love and I will show you and I will lead you. In John 16, Jesus says, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit in your life. And he's going to come and he's going to convict you concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He's going to teach you and he's going to show you and he's going to reveal these things to you. And so as you begin to pour your heart out before God, why am I so upset about this? Why am I so angry about this? Why am I so frustrated here. God promises that in his spirit he will come and begin to show and to teach and to bring those things to life. He will convict you of sin where you're placing other things above him, him in your life. And so you continue to talk to him and you continue to ask him and you continue to seek that relationship. The hard part comes is when you get what, what uh, the psalmist says here in verse 9. He says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, and they will say to me continually, where is your God? And he seems to be talking to God, but yet he, he hasn't quite got answers yet. And sometimes that can be really difficult in the midst of those times and you begin to go, what's going on? I'm, I'm asking them and I'm seeking them and I'm walking with God and I'm asking these questions, but I'm still struggling. And I'm still frustrated and I'm still not seeing exactly how God's working. And I think part of the issue, and we need to consider as we begin to talk about this and look at this, is yes, you bring those things to God and yes, you pour out your soul and yes, you show him, tell him the things that are going on and you bring them To mind, but then at the same time, you begin to talk back to yourself. If God will do that in His Spirit, you do that through His Word and through what He's revealed to you and what He's shown you. There's a wonderful quote from Martin Lloyd Jones. It's from a sermon where he was preaching on this very text. If you don't know Martin Lloyd Jones, he was a pastor in England who passed away years ago. He was one of the greatest preachers, served for 50 years in, in, I believe, in London. And so Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, you have to realize that so much of the unhappiness in your life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. There's a part of listening to what's going on and pouring out your soul and saying, God, I'm miserable right now and I'm angry or I'm upset or I'm sad or whatever it is, and getting in touch with that and talking and, and bringing that out and bringing it before the Lord. But it's not just doing that. What Lloyd-Jones goes on to say is defy yourself, defy other people, defy the devil and the whole world and say with this man, I shall praise him for he is my God. And so you bring those things out and you tell God and you be very real with what's going on in your heart and you begin to take them, talk to him about them, but then you also begin to talk back God's promises to your own life and what he's told you. What he's revealed to himself of himself clearly through his word. And so you don't just bring those things out and then uh, wallow in that, but you begin to speak back the truth of God's word. A good habit to get in is to begin to pray back scripture to God. I love doing that. I have a little book that Ken Boa put together. A lot of you know Ken Boa. He's come and he's taught here. Great resources, but he has a little book it's just called praying scripture. And all he's done is taken and organized scripture into different categories. Some are confession, and some are uh, words of encouragement, and some are just all the different verses in the different ways. And I take those, and, and it just, all it is is these verses. And I go walk Grant Road, and I read those verses, and I pray. And I ask God to show me the places where I'm not trusting him, but then I read the promises of what he says. And I begin to pray those back, "God, you say in your word this." And I begin to talk back to my heart. I begin to talk back what God's eternal, life-giving word has said. I begin to ask them and talk to him about what's going on and not just staying on one side of that. When you think about what First Thessalonians 5 says, what Paul says there, that we read right at the beginning, how did he bracket praying without ceasing? He says, this is God's will for you in your life in Christ Jesus. But how did he bracket it when he says it? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for your life. How in the world do you do that when things are really bad? How do you rejoice always? How do you give thanks in all circumstances? Will you begin to pour out your soul to Him and you bring those things to mind. That you begin to say, "God, I am struggling here. This is what I'm struggling with." Maybe you say, "I feel so alone right now, and I'm not sure where You are." And then immediately you hear Him saying, "I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you." Oh, yes. And then you praise Him, and you thank Him for that truth. And then you begin to struggle and you say, I don't see how this can possibly work out right now. I don't know how what I'm dealing with will ever work out. And you hear Psalm 50, call upon me in a day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And you speak back the word of God's truth as you begin to pray and wrestle with those things. You don't just listen to your heart, you begin to talk back what God has told you. Say, I'm running on empty. I've got nothing left. I am so exhausted right now. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See what happens? The Holy Spirit comes with God's word. They're there together. And you begin to pray that back. And you begin to listen to what he's telling you in the ways he's revealed you. Or maybe you just say, I'm so afraid right now. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We do that almost weekly with my son Asher. Oh, I'm afraid of this right now. So Asher, what's Isaiah 41 saying? He goes, Oh, fear not. Right? And we go through that together. And he goes, Okay, okay. Even the heart of an eight-year-old hears God's word and receives it and goes, you're right, that is what it says. And so we begin to talk back and we begin to let God's truth wash over us and we begin to talk back to our hearts and not just listen. And then you get to what he says in verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You don't just stay there. And there's going to be times where that's very, very difficult. And there's times where it don't feel like God's just echoing that back. But the picture is that God's will for you is to continue to talk to Him, even when you don't feel like it. There's so many things that we walk through life and we're not exactly sure what we're to do and what that looks like. But then there's some things that God has made so clear. Pray without ceasing. Talk to Him in all things, no matter what's going on. And so as we end this series, as we end this time that we've talked about all these different things, what's God teaching us in the midst of suffering, how He wants to use us as a witness in the way we respond to what's going on in our life, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you are praying without ceasing. That you are talking to Him each and every day and walking with Him. The only way that God's going to reveal the idol's of your heart is going to begin to show you those things and walk with you in that, is you're going to be talking to him over and over and over, asking him everything that we've looked at and we've talked about. You have to continue to go back to him and walk with him and talk with him in all those ways. And so if you don't get anything out of this series that we've talked about, for eight weeks of trusting God in the midst of suffering, if all you hear is this, to continue to talk to your Father no matter what's going on every day. We'll be way better off if we just take that away and we begin to do that. No matter what's going on, we continually come back to Him over and over and over again. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for the truth of Your Word. We thank You that You have revealed Yourself to us. We thank You that You love us so much that you want to hear from us each day, that you want us to continually be in relationship with you, to continually be talking to you. For that, we thank you. We thank you for what it cost you to come into your creation, to restore us to a right relationship to you through Christ, that you've given us this gift of being able to come directly to you, of having direct access at all times to talk to you, Through what Christ has done, and for that we thank you. We thank you that we can walk right into your throne room and lay these things at your feet, knowing that you hear us and you care. I pray that we'd be ever more faithful in our prayers, just continually coming to you, trusting you all the more each and every day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.